of Kate Bush. I'm Cecily Link and this week we are going to be flipping over the LP on the central world over to the first song on the second side. We're going to be talking about a song from Kate Bush's sixth studio album The Central World. We're going to be talking about deeper understanding. Is the people here go Hello, everybody, and welcome, 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 finally, to a new episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. So, first of all, I want to apologize for getting this episode out a little later than expected. I first recorded this discussion in November of 2020, and I was going to put this out almost exactly a month ago in January of 2021, and... I didn't. And I want to apologize for not getting it out sooner. I have a job that's very mentally exhausting and taxing. And it has been weighing on me a lot more than usual. And I am beginning to suffer burnout. Just being honest there. And every time I would think to myself, oh, I need to go and work on the podcast, do some promotion on Twitter or something like that for my show. Instead, all I wanted to do was just lie around the house and just sleep, basically, and just staying quiet and just trying to not be so depressed. So that is why the episode is coming out a little later than expected. I'm doing a lot better, fortunately. But it's been a rough couple of weeks for me, and I feel disappointed in myself that I haven't gotten it out sooner. But now that I'm feeling a lot better, okay, going back and getting back on here and get, just remembering the stuff that makes me happy and that is good for me to do, especially with the creative things. So first thing, just wanted to make, make sure you all guys know I'm really sorry for for putting this out later than usual, but at least we're now we're here. We're now we're here. So also second thing. So when I first recorded this in November of 2020, I was using a different microphone. I was actually using the microphone that I usually that I used to use for doing all my singing vocals. Uh, it's a blue microphone, and I did not realize that there was a buzzing noise. And I've done the best I could to make it not so noticeable. It is still going to be noticeable. So, but I've done what I can to try and get it out without really sacrificing the audio quality. So if there's a little buzzing noise in there, I apologize. I've done the best I could to try and get it out there. And also third, I'm really, really excited that this episode has, it's actually going to be quite rambly. 
So if you've been following the show for a while, you're probably like, oh, well, yeah, Ramble, that's what she does. That is yes. But also, more than that, my guest this week is Paul. And Paul is a Patreon supporter on patreon.com slash Podcast. And they're a little bit younger than me. And I was born the year that Hounds of Love came out. And they, Paul, I mean, um, I want to say they're about, uh, maybe about 15, 16 years younger than me. So they grew up with even more technology than I did. And so with me, I guess you could say I had an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. So getting into a discussion about a song like Deeper Understanding, which we all know is about humanity's obsession with technology and especially computers, gets to gets pretty interesting. Um, this is going to be a very rambly episode, but I wanted to leave. So I was, was listening to all this. And I thought, no, I need want to keep all of this in here because when we're talking about this song, this song came out in 1989 and we're listening to this here in 2021 or even later, if you happen to be listening to this, listening to this years later, hi, how you doing? Hopefully the pandemic is gone by now, but you know, listening to that to listening to it now, it feels even more like, whoa, she was right about so many things. Oh my gosh. Especially with just all the technology that we use in our daily lives, not just because we're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, if you think about it, you're listening to this probably on a portable device, an iPhone or an Android, and it's been sent to you through the internet. <laughs> and I'm speaking to you now on a USB condenser microphone going into my computer and I'm recording it here. I'm looking at the waveforms right now on my digital audio workstation. And of course, I'm going to do all sorts of blah, 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 and send it out to you. So much technology, just even just here for my podcast. And we're also using technology even more these days through Zoom. I mean, how many people have had Zoom meetings in the last couple months? Yeah, raise your hand. Definitely me. I have a couple every week that I do. So just there's just so much with talking about deeper understanding of getting a haha, deeper understanding, you knew it was coming kind of discussion for this week's song. So and speaking of microphones, so I wanted to mention also that I'm speaking to you now on a really, really cool microphone and headphone set that came courtesy of AKG, who is a very proud sponsor of the Pantheon Podcast Network. I'm speaking to you now on the AKG Lyra. Sorry, there are two parts to it. The AKG Lyra Ultra HD USB microphone. And I'm listening to myself. Ah! listening to myself on the AKG K371 closed back studio headphones. And I have to say, I have been using this for doing not just my podcast recording now, but also I've been using this to perform on Twitch. <laughs> and I've also recorded vocals on this. It is super, super easy to use. You just 
plug it in. You know, if you, as long as you have a USB port, you just plug it in and you just go. And you can also listen to what you're doing on the headphones that come with it. These headphones, they are super soft. Usually when I have studio headphones, I kind of have one can on and one can off because I'm like, ah, it's just really uncomfortable. I hate having them both on. I have both of them on right now. And also another great feature with this AKG microphone is that you can switch to have different modes depending on whether it's just you speaking into it like I'm speaking to you now or you have another person on the other side of the microphone. Either way, it is super cool, versatile. You can use it for podcasting. You can use it for singing. You can do, use it for any kind of audio recording that you need to do. I am super impressed with this microphone and these headphones. These are absolutely awesome, highly recommend. And of course we wanna thank, thank AKG for being a very proud Pantheon sponsor. And now on with this week's show. So here we go. Now we're going to get to listen to a discussion that I recorded on a different microphone that was not as good as this one, gotta say, in November of 2020. So here we go. Here's my discussion with Paul. And with me to talk about the song this week is someone who has been on the show several times before. You probably remember him from the Hounds of Love season. We are calling all the way to Europe to talk with our guest this week, who is... Paul, hello. I'm glad to be back. And um, everyone get ready for, like, some pretentious (laughs) philosophy and, like, some weird art analysis. Yeah. Um, Be be excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited about it. I like hearing these kind of things. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's sort of the, the best thing for me, to just take a piece of pop culture and just, you know, go all the way with it. Just be like, yeah, this is why this is the sort of like modern equivalent of the Bible, which is the dreaming and not the sense of world. But anyways, today we're talking about <laughs> like deeper understanding. <laughs> yes, we're going to get a deeper understanding of deeper understanding. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you got it, you got it. I did it. So we're here to talk about, this was released on her sixth studio album, The Sensual World, to start with. That's that's the first version. And then it was re-recorded for her 2011 album, Director's Cut, which we'll get into later. Best album ever. Uh, uh, this version and and then this version was actually released as a single on April 5th 2011 so the the single from uh, Director's Cut was Deeper Understanding and Kate has explained that this song is about how people are replacing human relationships with technology and I'm going to say I've got a lot of thoughts on this and I know we were talking off mic you've got a lot of thoughts on this so that's all we're going to be digging into today. So it was released first on Central World, and then it got re-recorded for another album. And there's so there's lots of there's a couple different versions of this song. Even there's the original version from 1989. There's the album version from Director's Cut, and then there's a radio edit, which cuts out most of the last two minutes of the song. Basically, it's <laughs> like the big difference. So what is your, let's have a deeper understanding of your connection to deeper understanding. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I got to say that uh, The Central World is not um, among my favorite Kate albums. And also Deeper Understanding is not like my, among my favorite Kate Bush songs. But I do think it's a very interesting song to analyze because mm-hmm. it seems so visionary. Because the song is like, okay, let me do the math. 
31 years old. Am I correct? Probably. Uh, As of this recording in 2020, think, yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I think it's so visionary, but it's also very interesting when we look at the time it was done and how Kate was sort of envisioning this. I mean, I, I wasn't alive during the 80s, so I, I don't know, but it seems so, so like, I don't know. I, I don't know how many people at the time were thinking about it. I mean, I know some people were, but I think it's so interesting that she did what she already did, like, on Never Forever. She did, like, this sort of sociopolitical thing going on. It was like, let me do a three-minute pop song about it. And, yeah, just, like, like gay people eat it up, like, 30 years later. But, yeah, I think that's, that's a really interesting song. And also how, how things have changed ever since she, um, she recorded this song. I mean, when we look at, like, I don't want to bring it up, but I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, the U.S. election, I mean, so much about it was, like, so much important stuff about that was happening on the Internet. And, like, mm-hmm. that it, it influenced the way the, like, election was handled. And, I mean, it's still going on, but, yeah, that's sort of my perspective on the song. That I'm not coming from a, oh, my God, best song ever, uh, which could, would be Get Out of My House, but I'm coming more <laughs> from a perspective of sort of, that's really interesting to analyze and, like, to uh, overanalyze, yeah. I look at this song, too, in much the same way that you do, in that I like it's interesting to see how much things have changed, because we're looking at this 31 years after the song was written, and I know that in 1989, so I was four years old in 1989, because I'm old, and I actually had my first no, computer. <laughs> I actually got my first computer in 1989. Like, it was a big old clunky thing. In fact, I'm actually looking right now. It's yeah. it's just under one of my desks here in the room where I'm recording this. And I actually have the old CPU unit that goes to that very first computer. It's, it is heavy. And the monitor, like, <laughs> the monitor has these cables on it. Like, you look at it like they don't even make these anymore. But I know in... Yeah. In 1989, I mean, from what I vaguely remember as a kid, that personal computers were not really much of a thing. And if you did have a personal computer, it was big and clunky. And honestly, I feel like any of the songs or media from the 80s that feature computers in them, I'm actually thinking of um, Electric Dreams. There's this movie that came out in 1984. Have you seen it? You you don't need Blade Runner, right? No. no. Oh, no, no, no. You're oh. thinking of, because oh, it was, okay. do androids dream of electric sheep, which was the story yeah, it was based yeah. on. Uh, no, uh, electric, electric Dreams, it came out in 1984, and it's about a computer that falls in love with a human. And I feel like any movies that came out in, that I've seen from the 80s yeah. that feature computers usually have this vision of like, oh, yeah, computers can do anything. <laughs> so in, in the movie, in Electric Dreams, you could see this computer that, Honestly, like, it, the, the screen is not, it doesn't look like it's, it looks very primitive compared to what we have now. Okay. But, oh, it's able to mimic, it's able to speak in full sentences and do all these human-like things. And you watch it now, you're like, wow, we can't even really do that. Although some of the things like being able to program the lights to go on and off, well, we can actually do, like, and some of the rich people can do those. Yeah. But... 
I know back then, I feel like computers were like this thing, this magical thing that any, it can do anything, even though it really can't. And to look at it now, where the theme of the song that we'll get into, like humans being, forming attachments to machines and computers. You know, I gotta be honest, I'm on my iPad a lot. I watch movies on my iPad. I do a lot of things. My whole work is all on a computer <laughs> as an, as an over the phone interpreter. Yeah. So I feel like kind of what she's saying in the song, it's like, like our tendency, humans tendencies to kind of go overboard yeah. and really, really get too deep into something um, can actually happen. I mean, and that, they do in this day thing. and age. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing about the song that always gets to me, sort of like the beginning, when it says, when it states, as the people here grow colder, I turn to my computer uh, and spend my even, evenings with it like a friend. I mean, that's sort of Twitter. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. sort of like the equivalent of what, what would be Twitter today. And I think, I mean, that's sort of the way also, um, I mean, I'm no longer on Twitter, but when I was, I've seen a lot of, especially people my age that sort of listen to the song when we're like, she was sort of like predicting something because the way I mean I'm I'm undecided on it because the way what, what when you just mentioned that the computer uh, that you used to have when we, when you were like four it was this like big clunky thing and I think the, the the main difference in when we compare to today is that at the time you were really able to tell the difference between where you are and where the computer is. And I think uh, nowadays, and I'm not saying this in a sort of boomer way, like, oh my God, nowadays everything sucks. <laughs> um, but but in a but in a sort of way that you were able to have a distance, which is also I think sort of the theme of the song that Kate sort of at the beginning at least. Um, I'm going to later talk about um, the way that it shifts within the narrative of the song, but that Kate goes from this perspective where like we are humans, and then there is then there are the machines, and that sort of gets, um, I think that very much changed today, where, I mean, when you look at the commercials for, like, computers, I mean, I, I haven't seen any, like, commercials from back in the day, but when you say that computers were the sort of, everything is going to be possible with it, that it was still very much like, this, this is a human, and humans are, like, limited, but the computers are limited, where nowadays, I think that a lot of, like, computers and also, like, like other gadgets I very like the marketing for it is done in a very organic way where it's sort of like, oh no, the computer is just like in addition to what you as a human already can. So that the line between machine and computer are already blurred. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm talking on my phone to you, which I have like my, my, my earpods like plugged in. So that's sort of the difference. Like um, where does the human um, start and where does the machine end? So, yeah, but I also mm -hmm. would um, very much like to talk about the way that um, this song sort of makes the point about, like, how addicting um, can on online communities be, which is not really the point of the song, because I feel like she's, I mean, I don't know if, 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 if it wasn't the thing back in the, time, back in the day, but, like, I feel like what, when nowadays we, we talk about, like, okay, people are addicted to their computer or whatever, it's mostly because... There, oh, on, on when I mentioned Twitter, I think it's that people talk about um, when you no longer interact with the real people around you and like just talk to like random yeah. people on the internet. And I feel like the song is basically about 
I'm not talk I'm not using the computer to talk to other people, but the computer has become sort of the person I talk to because I would very much um, think we should be critical. I mean, to be to just go like yeah, talk to you know this is a sort of like very old school thing like go out like go go meet people, but a lot of the times, um, especially when you're like a weird person or whatever. It's not that easy to just, you know, go out, meet people because, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm talking to you about, like, something we love from two different continents. So that's yeah. already sort of the point with, like, it's not that easy to, um, but which I think is also what, what Kate about high, highlights in the song, that it's not that easy to just go, oh, no, yeah, go to the people around you because, yeah, what if the people around you are not, like, the people that, uh, I don't know, truly care about you, um, which is also, okay, I'm, I'm just going, I'm getting rambly, but <laughs> this is something that I always ask myself. I mean, I love Sounds of Love, don't get me wrong, but the one thing I was always asking myself was, like, in the end, it's Sounds of Love, everything is good, like, you've come back from the dead, and it's like, yeah, like, no, I can reunite with my loved ones, and like, you know, we're having a good time, but I always ask myself, What if there was no one? <laughs> like, you just gone on this whole journey, and then at the end, it's like, well, shit, um, where are my loved ones, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's sort of, I think, the theme that's within the song. But yeah, before I talk more and more and more, I would like to hear uh, some of your um, opinions on maybe what I have said or some other points, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no, it's... It you bring up an interesting point, like where does the machine, at, where does, you know, human and machine becoming one and, and like you're forming this kind of relationship with the computer. And especially when you, you said that, you know, like how you talk to it like a friend. I think I, I read somewhere that it's, it's said that like in some ways our phones know us better than other people do. Because if you think of it, like, Let's see, on my phone, I have an iPhone, not the latest and greatest. It's from a couple of years ago. Well, let's see, my phone knows how many steps I've taken today. It knows um, about my uh, menstrual cycles because I use that to keep track. It knows, I even use it sometimes like a journal. I write song lyrics in it. I will make notes for future episodes. <laughs> it has all my emails. Like there's a, it. This computer, this little thing that I put in my pocket knows a lot about me. And, you know, if it could be, I wouldn't want anybody to get a hold of that. <laughs> Or, oh, hey, also I've got an app on there for, for do, where I do my banking. There's my banking information in there. There's uh, stuff for paying the internet like I use this device to do so much and it knows a lot about me and I'm gonna be honest if I'm on my break from work I'm sitting there playing on my phone and I bet a lot of other people do that like I've yeah. I admit that yes I am a little bit attached to my phone I will go hey where's my phone like But I can't go out of the house yeah. without my phone in my pocket I specifically make dresses yeah. with pockets so I can put my phone in there You know, so I can carry it. But uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the thing is, um, I'm, I'm sort of like trying to work at that. But at the end of the day, I think it's just, you know, this what, what sort of was my point that this whole like, of course, we should not like be addicted to our phones or whatever. But I think one should always like consider why people are doing it that way, because I mean, I'm just talking about this as like 
as a teenager, you know, um, <laughs> that has been formerly on Twitter, I just know that there are like a lot of like people maybe would love to just not be on like Twitter like all the damn time. But it's like maybe the surroundings just suck. <laughs> and like, yeah. it, I mean, it gets better. I mean, the thing is, and I, I had a different Twitter account before, like, we connected and stuff like that. But when I was, like, 14, 15, and, like, in middle, like, high school, it was not fun. So I was, like, on the internet, like, talking to other people, like, 24-7. And just, like, as I got older, as I got, like, got out in the real world, uh, it, it, I sort of had the desire to do so less. But I still think that's a valuable point to make, that we should, I think, always be aware of um, that maybe the real world um, has not that much to offer for people because you know this is also the thing about like modern day dating when people are like mm -hmm. complain about like how nowadays it's very shallow and I mean yeah it's true that you have to like put a photo on your profile like one cheesy pickup line and that's about it about your character but I'm really wondering like like back in the day when people were dating like primarily primarily um, like in like in real spaces I don't think that the conversations were that much deeper <laughs> to mm -hmm. begin with uh, when it comes, like, when I say bath or stuff like that. So I think we should always, like, I think well, that's also the way that I'm going to do a later on to, like, put some, like, philosophy into it because I'm that pretentious person uh, that, that's going to do it. Because <laughs> I think that we should, you know, the thing about, like, this whole, like, topic about, like, yeah, oh, my God, we are losing our humanity and, like, blah, blah, blah. I mean, th maybe that's true and maybe it's, we are going to be doomed. But the thing is, it's going to happen um, um, whether we want it or not. So I think maybe, I, I don't know, I don't know why I'm going on this rant, but, like, I think what's so interesting about me is that the type of different approaches people have taken on it, especially be like like feminist approaches, where it was sort of like, yeah, maybe like all those machines are like taking us further away from like who we are. But it's like maybe, but maybe through these machines, we just start to create who we are. Because when when I read a lot of like, not not that I have read a lot, but like when I have read some of like the literature from like like eighty sci-fi. It's a lot about the possibilities, I think. Like mm -hmm. people, like what you just said, that people were just like, when we're going to have computers, all of these things are going to be possible, you know? Like, um, and that's sort of the thing that we're no longer in. Like, because I do remember that when I was like nine, the internet was much more of a place where you could be anonymous. Yeah. And you didn't have to be. I mean, you can still do that, but like eventually, um, I mean, it's, it's not working that way anymore. Which is also sometimes good because, like, a lot of like right wing people organize like that in like anonymous forums. But I think that that was sort of the beauty of the internet in its beginning that it didn't fucking matter like who you were. You, you could just pretend to be a different person, which is also very like reminiscent of what Kate does in her songs. That she's like, yeah, I'm not this like this British like woman um, from the countryside. No, I'm just you know whatever I want to be. I'm the person that like dance with Hitler. <laughs> like deal with it you know and that's mm -hmm. sort of the um with the beauty and what also the song reminds me of this sort of like hope but of course the song is also like heavily talking about um the um the dangers within that um so yeah that's sort of mm -hmm. what i was what i think is so interesting and do you want to add something because um to this or because i or i uh, 
should I just go on to another point? Yes, because I don't want to just talk, talk, and talk and don't let you like. <laughs> so, no, no, you're yeah. fine. You're fine. Well, actually, I wanted to add to that, and this actually kind of, yep. I think this sure. is interesting yep. from a, a quote that Kate was saying. Yep. Um, this is about people. Well, about the modern situation where more and more people are having less contact with human beings. We spend all day with machines, all night with machines. You know, all day, you're on the phone, all night you're watching telly. Press a button, this happens. You can get your shopping shopping from the CFAX. It's like this long chain of machines that actually stop you going out into the world. It's like more and more humans are becoming isolated and contained in their homes. And this is the idea yep. of someone who spends all their time with their computer. And like a lot of people, they spend an obsessive amount of time with their computer. Well, when I, I read that and I go, yes, wow, you were really ahead of your time. But also that where I am, where I'm sitting in my home, I mean, I live out in the country anyway, so I'm naturally, naturally a little bit more isolated these days. But also yep. the virus is getting worse. <laughs> I'm not proud well, of that so about my country. <laughs> and I'm afraid and there's, there's talk of doing more lockdowns again and so we're going to be isolated and I remember at the beginning of all this when I was still living in when I was living in another state and so it was just slightly different than some of my friends who lived in the state where I am now that we were we had to just we had to isolate ourselves and for those couple of weeks you know what I was doing like I actually I was I actually was getting my shopping <laughs> from my computer. I was ordering Amazon Fresh, getting fresh deliveries of any things that I needed because I was afraid to go to the store. And I was using my computer a lot during that time. And like I had to do like it felt like that was the only way that I could communicate with my friends and my family and see if they're okay. And yeah, like I had, we, we had to be isolated <laughs> and I, I yeah. did I mean, become we, quite we attached to, to my computer. For one. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. <laughs> but I do no, think yeah. that she brings up a good point that, I mean, yes, there, that you, you, you do have to be very, like you were kind of saying that you have to be careful that people do tend to go really overboard with things probably because like deep down like they realize that there's something that they need and what they need is some sort of connection okay this thing seems to be giving me what i need now okay i'm going to start connecting to it and i think that she brings up a good point that human that we do have a tendency to get pretty obsessive about things and i think these days it's easy to do that because oh we are spending more and more time on our computers because Depending on where you are in the world, you're on lockdown in some form or yep. another because of this virus. And I noticed this even before the virus, that you, that it's easy to connect with other people who are like you. And it's easy to, to, spread, to spread your shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what like, we're doing right now is so niche. So, like, <laughs> like, but, so, but not I necessarily that, sometimes that, in a yeah. good way, too. Yeah, I mean, I'm unde I'm undecided on it. I mean, on one hand, I'm like, it's it's great that you have those abilities to connect with like people from all over the world about mm -hmm. something you love. On the other hand, I'm like, um, which is sort of a thing that 
okay, no, let let me bring in the big big one. Like that's about capitalism, but no, but but seriously, <laughs> I think that's this whole. I think that's the whole thing she's also talking about. How people are getting more and more like like desperate for like human connection. Is sort of also just the way that society has changed over the years. And I'm not saying that society was ever in this like perfect state, but we do think that the sort of like atomization of, of society just keeps going, which is um, which is another thing that I uh, recently discussed with a friend of mine that um, when we even look like at, let's look at the music scene like the music scene has never been so diverse than it is today but mm-hmm. but also it's something about it that like some people can maybe both listen to like alternatives but they listen to completely different people and I feel like back in the day it was sort of like, okay, you have, like, the mainstream and then you have, like, a few niche people. But that's, that was about it. And I think nowadays it's just, it's so interesting to me what, what that must have been like to really go, okay, I mean, I think you, you told me about this, like, right? You were listening to Kate at first in your, during your college years through the radio, right? Um, I, actually, I, I actually... I actually Or you watched some videos. I, yeah. Well, I watched some of her videos, like... Yeah online and everything but i actually okay. i had heard of her first through yeah. the internet oh, okay okay then. then i got that one <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> you, you you fucked up my example Fuck it no it's over no okay and before we go on i just had to share this cover of deeper understanding which i found on youtube I found this on YouTube from Daniel De Jesus. They are a cellist and an artist and a composer based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I was looking for Kate Bush covers of this song and found this one. And I thought this was such a wonderful take on this song. So here is their version of Deeper. As the people here grow colder, I tend to my computer. like, yeah, like, the whole nation comes together 
and it's just like um and i mean i mean everyone hated it because <laughs> and i think i thought it was so interesting like i mean that back in the day when they were doing like um sort of like concerts for like benefit or stuff like that like around a billion people were watching um, i don't know remember the exact name but i think this was like famous concert in the 80s or 90s uh, where a lot of people just watched it and i think something like that isn't hap- isn't like possible anymore mm-hmm. i mean i mean even now when someone has like a number one hit it's like like some people are just i mean you still don't know who they are i mean that's sort of the thing when i do uh, hang out with like more regular people let's let's phrase it that way and we listen to their music and i'm just like I've never heard of these people. And I thought, and I feel like this sort of the thing that also the song since that, that um, as time goes on, on the one hand, people have all these technologies to possibly connect with each other. And still people feel very lonely a lot yes. of the time. I, I recently read something about that, like my generation, um, it sort of like feels the loneliness since, um, of like since the beginning of data. And I thought it was so interesting because on one hand, um, like as I as, as I mentioned, as a teenager that sort of didn't fit in and whatever, um, I, I can relate to certain parts of it. But I think it's so interesting that even people who have I don't know, like talk to their friends all day on the phone, still feel like they are missing something, although they have the possibility to reach in ways that people from previous eras never had the chance to. And I think that's very like weird in a way that mm-hmm. on one hand we have all these like possibilities to connect on the one hand our connections don't seem to work but maybe they never worked and it's just like normal for humans to feel like <laughs> uh, lonely i don't know you tell me tell me well, some, some stuff i mean humans yeah. humans are naturally yeah. social creatures they really are yeah i mean you can you're never going to have a true introvert or a true extrovert like most people are a mixture yeah. of the two i i've realized though through this Whole crisis that I'm actually way more extrovert than I thought. Um, so I'm like an extroverted introvert. That's kind of how I think of myself. Like I can just go up and just strike up a conversation with most people. Um, whereas I used to be scared to do that before. We always have a need to try and connect with something. And I feel like, a, so I'm part of the generation, I th- they figured out there's this micro generation of people who were born in the late 70s into about like the latest is 1985, which is when I was born. Okay. And so we're the generation that like remembers what it was like without computers. And then we kind of yeah. grew up with it a little bit, but we, but we're, we remember that time of like going outside and playing outside all the time and not like yeah. having your computer in your pocket really. Cause you, you couldn't have that yeah. in the 90s. Um, when I, the, some of the first memories I have of a computer are getting, uh, having email and it was a separate program. I remember it was, I think it was Juno. The Juno was the name of the email service and it was a program okay. and you had to load it on your computer and, and I remember the like I had dial up and all that. I love like that. I'm I'm so old. I, I remember dial up and I remember dot matrix printers, but like the technology wasn't omnipresent the way it is now. And so I can remember yeah. what it was like to like not I'm not be on the computer all the time. 
I mean, was I on my computer quite a bit when I was a kid? Yes, because I was kind of a, I was a writer kind of kid, and so I would get up, go upstairs, and type on my computer, and I would play games. I was always doing educational games. I learned European geography That's so and nerdy. stuff like that. <laughs> That's so nerdy. I was, oh, I was such a little nerd, and I loved it. And I, and I am still a nerd. And one of the things I always yeah. made sure to teach my kids was, hey, just be yourself and, like, them seeing, oh, an adult female who likes a lot of different things. Hey, that's really cool. So I remember what it was like without computers and without it being everywhere. And I feel like because I've grown up, like, without having, like, a phone in my pocket and stuff all the time, that I feel like things really, really changed when the iPhone came out, because oh wait, now you can have this I remember thing that, that. I remember that like that. you get your screen, that. you can do all this stuff, you can put your music on. I remember thinking, just having it blow my mind that oh wait, you can have a yeah. device that has that can call people and do music on it. Why would you? My thought was, why would you ever have a device that would do those two things at the same time? Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> it's completely ridiculous when no, I think of it that, now. I mean, because, gee, what do I use to listen to stuff in the morning, my podcasts and stuff? Oh, hey, I use my phone, my little computer. But I'm like, I remember what it was like not really having the technology everywhere. But I think the difference is like now it is everywhere. It like when I was teaching students, I was teaching kids who were born past, who were born after 9-11. And like they had a completely like to them, like. They've never grown up in a world without the internet and having computers yeah. around them all the time. And I'm like, whoa, like, oh my goodness. And I also, like you were saying about, like, the music scene and everything, that it was, what I remember, like, growing up in the 90s was different because you didn't have as many singers and bands. And but the 90s I, were so good when it comes to music. They I'm were. They were, all, they, like, were, were oh, they were. Oh, they were. They were they were very diverse, <laughs> like you you just like the amount of like different bands that were, could be played on top forty radio at one time. Like things weren't homogenous the way they are now, and I feel like because we formed so much more connections with computers and having it be part of our daily life that oh wait now we have to try and appeal as many people as possible. So we're gonna try and make the song shorter. Old Town Road. I'm looking right at you. Um. They need to be short and and hooky and immediately get to the chorus within the first twenty seconds because we need to like compete with compete for people's attention because our attention spans are going blah. But, but I think that's part of why, like you were saying, with I mean, even to this day, I don't pay attention to the charts. I don't know who's number one on the Billboard charts this week. I don't know, and I don't really care. I don't let that dictate what I listen to. Whereas maybe twenty years ago, when well you had fewer outlets for music, but because we rely so much more on our... But the music was good. <laughs> and it was. It, it really was. Yeah. I mean, there were still some, I mean, there were still some shitty the, songs, yeah. but I mean, yeah. <laughs> it was, but it was, it was really good. It, re, it really was. So... I mean, that, yeah, that's also the thing. When you now talk about the 90s, it's like, on the one hand, I, I totally get it, but it was like, you had not that much like diversity when it comes mm -hmm. to like artists, it, even though the nineties were like very experimental. But on the other hand, it's like it's so funny to me because nowadays when when you now listen to uh, artists that were sort of like very prominent in the nineties, let's say Tori, okay, like listening mm -hmm. to Tori in twenty twenty is such an underground thing for people my age, and it's so funny when you meet another person my age that also listens to Tori 
And Tommy used to be mainstream. And I think that's so interesting. And yeah. it's the same with Kate, you know? But it's like, yeah, they were like on the radio. Like everyone at least knew who they were. I know it's just like, Tommy, I'm just like, yeah, like, I like, have you heard this like 25 um, years old record? Yeah, I love that. But yeah, that's, that's sort of the interesting thing about the 90s. Or just even when you go back further, that on the one hand, um, the music scene maybe um, was more dominated by like the charts. But on the other hand, it's like some artists that I like had, had a spotlight in a certain way. But I don't know. Um, but I think it's also very fun to, um, to now uh, just, I don't, mean, I don't know, start getting into Tori because, I mean, through Spotify, you, you don't have to buy a single album. Like, yeah. you can just listen to all the music they put out. And that's great. <laughs> So yeah, I'm undecided when when it comes to this. And and then the, here with with kind of my micro generation, I remember going yep. to an actual music store and getting CDs. And the idea of like making your own like mix CD, what? I yeah. mean, I actually still have the first iPod, yep. first iPod I ever got. I got it as a graduation yep. gift from when I graduated in 2003 yep. from high school. And I still have it. Okay. It doesn't work. It is a, it's a paperweight, but That's I keep it because, like, ooh, it's a neat artifact. <laughs> and it's, it's so clunky. Yeah. Like, the side of it is so thick compared to what they, <laughs> what they can put out with now. Yeah. And, but the idea of, like, oh, I've got this little computer that I could put all my music on. And, whoa, I could just pull up with the touch of a button. Oh, I don't have to worry about a mixtape where I have to, like, rewind it to the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, it, again, with, like, yeah. I grew up, like, analog and went into digital. Yeah. And so the idea for me of, like, I don't, I don't, I don't have Spotify. I really don't. Because I yeah. like owning the actual, like, piece of media. Yeah, I mean, I, I do that also. But just, like, you know, the other thing, though, is that what, what people my generation do, and when I mean my generation, like, just the other bunch of weird people that listen to Tori Amos as teenagers in 2020. <laughs> It's the way that um, I feel like, I mean, I, I collect like vinyl and I CDs, but it's just not, but not because we have to, which I find interesting in a way that I recently read something about like nowadays vinyl is being again sold more than CDs, which mm -hmm. is sort of interesting to me, but which yet again points at the way that people actually like to have music featured prominently where they are. I mean, when I'm talking to you, I'm I'm looking right at my like little earthquake vinyl, and I'm just like, yeah, you like we got we get we got each other. So that's sort of a, 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 another different thing, you know. That on the one hand, you could have. I mean, that's the whole thing about like I hate that, but like this whole trend of like minimalism, um, where you technically could have everything you need on your phone, but on the other hand, like people want to own stuff uh, and like feature something they love within. I mean, that's the whole, that's the same thing for like people that only like uh, use Netflix to watch movies, which is something I don't, I buy most of the DVDs uh, I, I watch because I feel like Netflix doesn't have that much of a good, like um, not, not that many great movies or movies I would like to watch. But yeah, that's, that's a different thing. You know, that people, my generation are now like, are trying to get this sort of like physical stuff back, which is which is also like this whole thing about like the eighties being like having having such a revival during the last years. That every every show is like basically about the eighties and yeah, the sort of like retro feeling about it. 
So yeah, well, that was something. A lot of stuff kind of. You know, goes through everything goes through like twenty year cycles. I've noticed twenty or thirty year cycles, because when I was in uh, a teenager in the or starting to get like young teenager in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was the seventies, like the seventies were coming back, which made sense because like nineteen ninety nine, you go back twenty years, that's nineteen seventy nine. Oh, those years my parents got married, so people were wearing, but. We would go into the the young adult section of the clothing store, and I'll go. Wait, I yep. used to wear jeans like that when I was your age. Hey, this is really cool. Hey, the stuff I wore when I was your age is new again. So things kind of come around in circles like that. And I think feel like oh, the God. '80s, like they always wanted to have yep. like, oh yeah, these are all these possibilities with technology. I mean, you know, they get the you invent the Fairlight and all these different drum machines and. Yep. And everything, and I think also wait. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna pull up my notes app because like we're professionals. Like also yes. sub- subscribe to the Patreon. Um, I recommend it <laughs> as a fellow Patreon myself. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. So well, if you would like to support the show, you go to patreoncom podcast and become a supporter today, and you can get a really cool. Well, okay, I guess the um, podcast feed for subscribers is called Deeper Understanding. <laughs> <laughs> which I did name after this song. And on that, uh, that feed is all about just going into other aspects of Kate's music. I actually, I, my most recent episode on there is about me explaining why Kate Bush is my queer icon. And there's, I have other episodes for that, uh, that feed in the can that will get released in the coming weeks. Okay, I, I um, I'm just gonna like go on. Can I just can I just read a quote? I think that's a good like thing. Sure. Yes, <laughs> we're on smart. And, like, okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, of course, you're which, smart. Which is sort of like, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, wait. I just really drink too much coffee. Um, the the thing is that it's, no, not, let's not do the quote because I think another thing that's sort of interesting to me about the song. It's because it also like sort of represents what Kate as an artist stands for. Like on one hand, she did all the crazy like stuff, like all the like different technologies and all the new ways to write about being a woman. But also, as I mentioned earlier, and yes, I'm annoying about it, but like when she was a donkey. <laughs> so I think you know those ways. But on the other hand, she does always try to do these things to go back to something like really human about it, like. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the interesting thing to me about it. And I actually got a quote here that I that I screenshotted. Um, let me just here. Um, I, um, it's um, I, I don't know where where it's from, but she says it in the context of the song. So it, it, it probably fits. And um, this episode it states with my music, I like to combine both the old and the new, the high tech and the compassion from the human element, the combination of synths and acoustic instruments. And I think that's sort of what I find so interesting about her, because she, there are a lot of artists like this that I listen to out there that nowadays do the exact, um, the exact same thing. So that's sort of interesting to me that she was also one of the first people that recognized the possibilities of technology. Yes. Because another thing I want to point out, and I'm just now copying um, what I just said in class about it, what my um, professor um, told us, she's a legend, uh, that sort of a lot of the time when when we talk about like technologies and just in general like sci-fi stuff that 
a lot of this is very like in a dystopic way where it's just like okay everyone is going to be replaced by machines and like life is going to be shit and like yeah you know but the thing interesting thing is that especially a lot of women at the time like let's say like um science fiction literature were actually saying maybe it's a good thing for those machines to happen and i think that's maybe also a position where kate could fit in that on the one hand, you know, she does the song, it's like, yeah, we have to be careful not to get too uh, too deep into stuff. But on the other hand, she's also talking about, I mean, she's proving that you can talk about some very, like, very human, like, deep shit and still, like, use your fair life. And I think that's sort of really cool to me about it, that she is, like, that, um, she's that undecided about it. Um, and that she always works with technologies to tell very, like, human stories. But also not human stories in the sense that she's just talking about the ordinary life. She's just, you know, she always has this, like, big, like, epic stories. And in the end, it's like, yeah, um, this is still something about her humanity, which is something I so admire about her, that she still does that. Because some other artists, and I mean, obviously, um, you can express yourself the way you want to, sometimes just do get a little... Like, they, I feel like some artists are at a point where they don't care about, like, what do you, what you want to tell with it. And it's just like, okay, I play around with cool sounds. And that can be also fun. Like, I love songs like that. But Kate always, you can always tell that Kate has really a message or at least something um, that she wants the listener to think about. Yeah. Another thing that's sort of interesting to me about it, um, which may... You know, I'm just going to read mo one more pretentious quote, and then <laughs> that's about it. Okay. But yeah, everyone, please uh, read uh, The Cyborg Manifesto by Donna Hathaway. It's great. We, ju we just pretend that um, Kate actually, like, read it and has inspired it, and yeah. Anyways, uh, the main trouble with cyborgs, of course, is that they are the illegitimate uh, offspring of patriarchal capitalism. Uh, but offspring are often exceedingly unfaithful to their origins. Their fathers are, after all, inessential. Which is sort of sounds really like deep and shit, and it is. But what what's the point about what what the, what the fuck has that to do with Kate? I think it has to do that it's sort of that she uses those technologies that, like, what I I'm repeating myself in the way that she just uses those ways to create her own like to also express her own femininity. I mean, she called that album as the central word, like, a feminine album. I mean, this is another topic to discuss what even is feminine and what's mm -hmm. masculine, but I think that's very in interesting to mention in the way that, the way she uses the um, the record. And I feel like the story, I mean, w um, do we want to talk about the music video, maybe? I yeah, think that's so... another great thing. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I find that... I mean, you can also choose it. Yeah, so since this was released as a single, there was a music video to it. Yeah. It's worth noting. So I remember watching it, and I was disappointed that she actually wasn't in it. Instead, what she did yeah. was she directed it and made it into more like a mini. I know, yeah. It was so we know, okay, yeah. what you're seeing on this video is completely her vision. Um, it is So yeah. it is directed by her. Um, it was released on her official YouTube channel on Monday, April 25th, 2001. I remember watching it that day. Oh. I was there. I was watching it yeah. and all that. 
Um, it is directed by Bush herself and stars Robbie Coltrane, Francis Barber, Noel Fielding, and the voice of her son, Albert, who plays the role of the computer program. So we got the best of the best yep. British folks there. Noel <laughs> Fielding, who is a comedian, and I've seen, have you seen the video where he makes fun of Wuthering Heights? <laughs> There's one where he, no, he's no, making fun of okay. See, there's one where he's making fun of Wuthering Heights. Of course, Robbie Coltrane. I know him as Hagrid. Yes, I know he's done other movies, but Hagrid, Harry Potter. That's what I think of. So I watch them and go, "Oh yay, Hagrid, yay!" <laughs> so I find the music video is honestly, it's kind of what I would expect. Would have what I expected Kate to do. So it's. It's very literal. It's telling the story of yeah, that's sort a of song. Thing that on one hand, she's like, yeah, I have all those like really like crazy like multi-dimensional like metaphors in my song, and then I, I think that's so. I mean, in a way, it's also so like typical of Kate. She goes for the most literal approach to things, which is okay. Yes. It's, it's good. You, of course, you can do that, but I think it's very interesting. Like you just said, it's very literal, the music video. And so her her son, Albert, is the voice of the computer program, and he's also there on the uh, on the director's cut version. Just his voice is heavily vocodered. I remember, I actually remember, yep. when I was remember hearing about this being released as a single and yep. that it was going to premiere on UK radio, and I remember getting up early that day. I think I had to leave. I was, oh, okay, yeah, I was working in Virginia at the time. So I remember getting up early because they said, oh, it's going to be played at blah, blah, blah time. And yep. so I went, okay, well, I'm five hours behind you guys, so I'm going to have to get up early for this. And I remember, like, yep. sitting there on the computer. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. And I was especially interested to hear how they were going to do the voice of the computer because the voice of the computer yep. In the old version, is Kate singing with her with singing with the trio Bogarka, which, by the way, is the first time you get to hear him on this album, freaking finally. when I hear the voice I'm thinking okay when we get to the chorus you know hello I know that you've been feeling good I'm going that's okay that's either Kate's voice and it's really heavily manipulated because she has a tendency to do that or that's yeah. somebody else and then I find out that was her son and go okay that makes sense hello. They can't involve her son. She's always involving her family in her work. Yeah. I mean, how many songs has yeah. Patty Bush played on? Like, you know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of her thing to involve her family. I think yeah. the video is, it's 
it's a good short film. It's very literal. Yeah. I think the special effects are yeah. really cool at the end with the thing like coming out of his mouth and everything. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I thought it just found it very interesting that 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 she. I think I don't know. Let me just use the word heteronormative. <laughs> I think it's very interesting that on the way that this is sort of like like white business guy, and on the other hand, it's just like this. I mean, you only see like the lips, right? If I remember correctly, at the mm-hmm. beginning at least of the program. And I think it's very interesting that um, she chose to gender the program in this version. Yeah, because I mean, in in the original version, yeah. when she's doing the 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 course that's supposed to be the computer speaking, yeah. that it's her and the women singing. But then in the yeah. newer version, it's her son. Yeah. Who still at this at that point kind of had like a higher feminine sort yeah. of sounding voice anyway. But hmm? no, she yeah. made it a guy. Which yeah, I find that interesting too. Why? <laughs> I wonder why. Why you raised? Why you raised like the two women? <laughs> No, no, but I thought it was really interesting that she chose to portray it like... Um, and also a thing that I didn't really get about the music video, but um, I think you, you... I'm sure you can explain it to me. How do you interpret the ending? Does it end like in a good way or in a bad way? Because on the one hand, the family of the guy is there, but on the other hand, it's sort of like... They're laughing at him, right? I think of it as a tragic ending. Thank you. Um, because that's mm-hmm. how, that's how I think of the ending of the song, yeah. like, especially in the original. Because um, there's this part toward the end where you can hear her whispering. It sounds like I'd hate to leave you. Yeah, yeah. It's, I hate to leave. It's the women are on you. I don't know. I think I know the ending. I inter- I've always interpreted that as tragic. Another Kate Cross, Kate Cross going. <laughs> it's sort of like, um, but it's so intense. It's too much for them to take, and they actually have to be rescued from just being killed with love, I suppose. And I found it such an like ambiguous like ending that she's like, the person has to be rescued from too much love. I think it's so like, I don't know. I think that's like that's very critical on the way uh, that she that the family within the song is depicted. That it's sort of like. The person has to be rescued from too much love. I mean, mm-hmm. because, I mean, can you really get too much love? I don't know. But that, that's maybe, like, that really made me think. Because it's sort of like, yeah, like, maybe they're like, I don't know. May, may, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just imagining, you know, like, doing the usual, uh, reading something in, in a different perspective. And it's sort of like, I feel like the family is just like, maybe, maybe this, person which in the original is not gendered I, I want to point out has sort of found like maybe people that the person was able to connect with you know and mm-hmm. and, and still and the family chooses no 
you, you, like that's too much. Like the people love you too much. Just go back to your old life. I don't know. I just I just read it as this like depressed teenager that has only like uh, their friends on the internet. Like and then it's just I don't know their parents and their teachers like stepping in and being like, no, you got to focus on the real life. And it's just like yeah. I just interpret this as saying, uh, fuck the real life, like, let's go online. No, but this was joking, but I think it's very interesting. Do you, ha do you have a take on that? Or, I mean, when I just bring it up, just like from being rescued from too much love? I mean, well, I mean, if you kind of think yeah. of how somebody kind of would allow themselves yeah. to get into that kind of, like, situation in the first place, that... Mm -hmm. Maybe they got into that place because mentally they yeah. just, they didn't know what it was like to have love. And so yeah. they, by then having more love and having people like actually sort of care about you and everything, you're kind of overwhelmed by it yeah. because you like your sense of self is so small that you feel like you don't yeah. deserve that. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. I think it's, and then again, it's so interesting that she still chooses to portray it as a sort of like, like stressed out businessman. Like, like why couldn't she have chosen like a teenager? I think that would be so much. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like on the other hand, well, um, I mean, there I think are. Kate has a very, yeah. I mean, there are adults who feel yeah, of course, who of course, feel very lonely. Of course, yes, sure. I mean, I mean even okay, before I COVID. Mean, yeah, sure. Yeah, yes, yes, sure. No, no, but the. No, I think the point that I wanted to make is that sort of, and um, which is just a more general thing and just me complaining. So like, yeah. Anyways, it's sort of like that. I think Kate in general has like maybe a very warped view what kind of fan base she has nowadays. I mean, I think she probably does not know how many like like people my age like listen to her. <laughs> and I know I live in my own world and like I just I just pretend that like just because all my friends like listen to Kate, I'm. Like, everyone listens to her, but I think that's very interesting that she uh, always portrays, like, people her own age in this sort of story, um, which is sort of the age that the, um, the guy in the music video is, which made me think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I was just going off about it. Like, yeah, please, Kate, please uh, realize um, the dreaming for the 20th century. That would be nice. Thank you. <laughs> oh. oh, well, we can, we I mean, can wish. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we get a live stream after all. <laughs> like five oh later, god, like I think she would probably one break the internet one if she did that. Yeah, like, or like a Q and A video. No, okay. I think I think the the the, the shitty interviewers have like scarred her for life when it comes to interviews and like <laughs> actually going uh, to to a place to do an interview as she nowadays only does interview over the phone. I think, but mm -hmm. yeah, um, only over the phone. As I as, as I just look at the time and when you mentioned um, how much time you have left I think we, maybe we can spend the remaining few minutes talking about like the new version <laughs> and yeah because I think that's really it. all that kind of we have left yeah. so um, yeah, so the credits there there are a couple more credits on the uh, newer version the old version had drum, drums from yeah. Charlie Morgan John Giblin on bass, uh, Tupan from Patty Bush. And a Tupan is a drum that you beat with mallets, and it's used in Middle Eastern music. 
And then there's a vocalist from the Trio Bulgarka, and the soloist is Yanka. The credits for the newer version are a little bit longer. Uh, it's drums from Steve Gadd, bass again from John Giblin, but then you got uh, Betty on the computer. Yeah, Brendan Power on a harmonica. Um, she does still have the Trio Bulgarka's vocals. There's Toll from Remy Butler. At least. <laughs> and then in uh, the, I guess in the the different voices here, uh, Beryl Von Heem, Hazel Pethig, and Professor Neat is Terry Jones. It's a lot more credits <laughs> on the newer version, because also there's the music video and everything. So, okay. Um... You want to go first? Or? I'll go first. Yes. There are a few songs I like on director's cut that I think yeah. are that I think just are are good production wise, and I like that she revisited her old songs. It's nice to hear her just singing again. But yeah. and I can see what she I'm was trying fine, to do. She's doing okay. And I was, and yeah, it's nice to know she's doing okay. And, you know, it was, it was interesting to hear her actually using a vocoder on this song for the computer, but I feel like it's about three minutes too long. And I kind of had that complaint about the original version. I feel like it just kind of goes on a little bit too long and it's, eh. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. How about you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I was just waiting. I was just contemplating whether or not I would make a joke about it trying to be Jig of Life because it has also a long uh, like outro, but it works. Uh, anyways, I think I think the thing about director's cut is that I mean, of course, it was her decision, and I don't want to be like, yeah, but probably because of other people. But I think a lot of the backlash she got on like the sensual world and on the red shoes, which is like these are not. These both are not my favorite Kate albums by any means, but I do think that a lot of the critique she got at the time was very much based upon like misogyny and people just wanting her to make another like Hounds of Love. Yeah. And this is sort of the thing that I'm, I mean, yet again, I mean, it has been time, but I feel like, I don't know, I don't want to say it like in that way, but maybe some of this like need to make those songs again is sort of like, to prove these people wrong it's because, and in the end make it worse because a director's cut just seems so so weird in a way because I mean of course it's, it's her choice to revisit those songs but I feel like a lot of the time the songs seem more unfinished than before and mm-hmm. I don't exactly know why this is the case and I mean when we talk about the new version of Deeper Understanding think that's too literal like because then the um i mean you, you have the sense of that this person in the original track is, is literally falling like in love it's ready to like sacrifice everything and then you get this like terrifying robot voice and you're like are people supposed to fall in love with that you know mm-hmm. which is sort of like i don't know i find it too literal and nothing against birdie like Good for him, but I don't know. It's just I just prefer hearing Kate, <laughs> which I mean, yeah, we get it. Like it's just the thing that when you have when you have kids, you just want to include them in everything. And, and yeah, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, that Kate has always been like a person very close to her family. So obviously, it's it's good. And yet again, uh, her choice to include him, but I just prefer like 
the original version, I say. Yes. I do too. And, I'd love to pick any yeah. one of them. I feel like the the newer version is a neat experiment. Yeah. Like okay, yeah. like I kind of <laughs> I'm uh, trying to imagine that yeah. some of director's cut, including this version, are like oh yeah. okay, if she toured, what might the song sort of sound like, and yeah. like, what would they sound like with modern day technology? Yeah. Um, but I find it just more of like, hmm, that was interesting. Okay, moving ahead. Yeah, yeah, right. Me. It's not like okay, I literally want to dedicate my life <laughs> to to to, uh, to I don't know, uh, being a fan of of this woman. It's just like okay, director's cut is nice. Um, but I gotta say that the other thing about director's cut is sort of um, I I love the photo shooting they did for it. I mm. think those when she like was like when she looked like a director. Like yes. I don't know, the, <laughs> I I love those I love those photos, but yeah, I think it's um, and also the the great thing about Cadiz, which is sort of like that one of the like strong suits of her work is that it had the limitations of its time because it's like like I don't know, I mean I'm I'm I know it's sort of like becoming a cliche at this point that I always come back to the dreaming <laughs> as it being my only personality trait to like this album, but like. I think the great thing about the album is also that she had limitations at the time, and it still does not sound like a record that was made like in in this day or like two hundred years uh, in the future. You know, mm-hmm. this is sort of the vibe I'm, I'm getting. So this is also a thing that yeah, no, nowadays she can do the robot robot voice, but we still prefer the old version. Like yeah, but mm-hmm. I mean, she did release um, Fifty Words to Snow. In that year, so because I, I I cannot imagine what it must have been like to I don't know be a Kate fan and then I I, I mean okay no nowadays we don't get anything so maybe I'm just um, wrong for complaining now but you know to just get director's cut and that's about it this would been have have been kind of weird I guess but yeah <laughs> well I can tell you it's really cool being a yeah. being a fan in 2011 and, I, and she drops two albums in one year I'm like woo we hit the jackpot yes yeah. she hasn't done this since 
I think that's about it, right? Did we cover everything? Yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah, I'm looking over did my I, notes and did everything. I made, did hmm? I make enough pretentious quotes? Or... <laughs> you were great! Yeah. yeah, no, no, I'm just like, you know, the thing is that I don't, I personally love doing this shit, but I'm also just like, I'm aware that like 90, 90% of the people watching to this are probably not going to be like, okay, like, let's just come plain random as philosophers with Kate Bush. But anyways, I, I'm a Patreon, so I earn Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show. It's great to talk to you, as always, using thank our you computers, <laughs> you know, for doing a transcontinental <laughs> chat here in yes. different time zones, too. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Strange Phenomena, the music of Kate Bush. Well, my goodness, what a discussion. So much to think about, as always, with Kate's music. And that's why best part of why we love her. That's part of why we love her. Also, speaking of love and everything, if you love this show, especially because if you've made it this far, you're like, yep, you like what I do, you can go follow me on Twitter at StrangeKateCast. You can like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash katebushpodcast. And also, you can further support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash katebushpodcast. And, ooh, something else you guys could do for me. One could always use more reviews. Hopefully five star, because you've definitely made it this far. You definitely, definitely, you really love me. You can leave me a five star review on iTunes. That would be great. It would help people find the show. Just saying. It'd be really, really good. So next time, we're going to be talking about Between a Man and a Woman. I know, I know. We, we're not supposed to interfere, but we got to talk about what's going on between a man and a woman here. That's going to be the next episode of the show. Excited to be putting those out. I always say that. I really am. I'm excited with every episode. Every episode just, oh, I just, I just, I love doing this show for you guys. Anyway, so we'll see everybody next time. Make sure to follow on Twitter, on Facebook, and you can head on over to Patreon. And hopefully iTunes, leave a review. That would be really cool. See everybody next time. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.